Hello and welcome to this special Dry Bones Ministries podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. I'm Father Adam Potter, and today we reflect on the 21st letter. Ah, I, I don't know about you, this was a good letter for me. I thought just like very insightful and challenging all the while. Just some great hope and I guess some great insight into how to live this Christian life, how to live in a sense of, um, yeah, being in reality as opposed to what's so obviously a deception of, of reality. So it's all about entitlement, entitlement on all different layers and levels and aspects of our life. It starts off with entitlement to time and then kind of extends it to money and bodies and even ends with an entitlement to souls. So let's let's dive in here. The letter opens with Screwtape advising that Wormwood take advantage of a period of sexual temptation in his patient and attack his peevishness. Peevishness, right? That that disposition of being easily irritated, especially by unimportant things. Uh, is this relatable at all? <laughs> I mean, whether it's in a period of sexual temptation or any other type of temptation, have you ever had that experience of having a greater irrational irritation, especially by unimportant things? Uh, it seems to be this is often the case of being easily irritated and it's not even about the thing that happens but it's about something that's already underlying that my equilibrium my sense of peace and well-being has already been poked and prodded and set off kilter and so I'm much more liable to react and be overwhelmed I think this is a great invitation for all of us to have opportunities throughout the day to be recollected and to recognize what is it that I'm actually irritated by. And if we don't take that time, especially in silence, to pause and to consider, hmm, my heart is just off right now, or my emotions are just like, ah, through the roof, I'm feeling overwhelmed, anxious, fearful, angry, whatever it is. Why, right? Why? To be able to identify it. And so instead of being able to, being tempted to lash out or cope through bad habits, to be able to invite Jesus into those moments. Jesus, I, I need you here. I'm hurt or I'm upset or I'm overwhelmed or this thing happened. And so to invite the Lord into that all of a sudden can just shine some light on what's true, what's real, and what is hmm, unimportant and yet capturing my attention. So here, this is where Screwtape then speaks to darkening the intellect. What is it and why is it effective? Well, to darken the intellect is literally, I mean, think about darkening, turn off the lights, right? Um, to keep things, ideas, and realities out of the mind. In other words, the demons don't want us to realize what it, what we're actually being irritated by. Turn on, turn the lights off. Don't let them think. Don't let them pause. Don't let them recollect. No, no, just keep the lights off and allow them to continue to be fearful, overwhelmed, anxious, angry, those types of things. Um, and maybe another like nuance to this is that 
the darkening of the intellect is a way that just makes it more difficult for us to apprehend what's true. I'm kind of saying the same thing, but just to appreciate this can come through sin, that sin darkens the intellect. And maybe you've noticed this before, being in a moment of real stubbornness or pride, all of a sudden makes it really difficult to admit what actually happened and to be able to see um, the actual situation. Why is darkening the intellect effective? Well, because if we're kept from what is true, then we're kept from doing what is right. And if anything, we can then justify ourselves further to keep doing what we've already been doing. I didn't know any better, we, we, might, we might say, or something like that. The second paragraph goes into this great distortion of our relationship to time. Instead of seeing time as a gift from God, the evil one wants to twist it into a way that is mine by birthright. And that's where there can be such a frustration whenever we are interrupted in our day. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And the emphasis is all on the unexpected. We had our expectations on one level and what actually happened was on another. But the question is, why would we expect our day to be any way at all? <coughs> and I guess we can just admit, you know, through experience and from what we've been taught, we've come to think and ex expect that we can have our whole day scheduled out and even our whole week all the way into the future, right? Some people have seemingly their whole lives planned out. But then what happens whenever it doesn't happen according to plan? Screwtape says it like this. There is anger because he regards his time as his own and feels that it is being stolen. That's just like a powerful image that this time is mine and my possession. And whenever things don't go according to my plan, it's as if this time is being t stolen, taken from me. It's a curious assumption, he says, that my time is my own. So, friends, maybe just to consider, right, in our own lives, what happens to us whenever our plans do not go our own way? Why is it so hard to accept that claims over our lives are not ours to make? Here, maybe we can just turn to Jesus for a moment. He's always a good one to, to turn to. Jesus in Mark chapter 5 um, is just a good example of how Jesus has a crazy life in the way that he is working miracle after miracle, preaching the good news. People are flocking to him. And in his humanity, that we might be able to imagine just how tempted he was to have this divine evangelization plan about how he was going to effectively spread the good news throughout the whole world. And in this fifth chapter, he's being followed by just hundreds of people who just want him, don't want to miss a certain thing. They're following him. And all of a sudden, Jesus gets interrupted by this man named Jairus. And what's his reaction? It says, oh, so Jairus, I think it's his daughter who's um, ill and dying. And he says, Jesus, Jesus, I need you to come. And it says that Jesus stopped and he went with them. Right? Whatever his plans were, like this is where he was being led to follow Jairus. But then as the story goes along, then there's this woman suffering from hemorrhages who fights through the crowd, reaches out, touches his garment, 
And immediately he turns and said to the crowds, who touched my garments? Right? And his reaction to each of these is just so telling. Jesus is free to be present to these interruptions. But interruptions, not in the negative connotation, interruptions in the positive, ha, here's the Holy Spirit working right here in my midst. And here he witnesses by his life the freedom to accept each moment as a gift, as a gift. Screwtape goes on in the third paragraph to emphasize how absurd this lie is and how crucial it is to keep the reality from his mind. In other words, that, quote, man can neither make nor retain one moment of time. It all comes to him by pure gift, end quote. Why is this so important for the demons to keep from our minds? Because it leads us directly to God. Such that if I accept this fact, right, the fact that everything is a gift from God, then God has a right to my entire life. There's literally no limit to what I owe to God because he has already given it all freely to me. Traditionally, this is called the virtue of religion. Religion, sometimes we institutionalize that. It's actually a virtue. It's the idea that I sense within my heart the debt that I owe to God. And to offer it back is my expression of religion. This truly is the idea of Jesus Christ being Lord of my entire life, where we might be able to say, Jesus, you can have everything because you've already given it to me freely. And now this is bound up in the realization that this is every single day. We might even say every single moment is a gift, is a gift, and is from God. And that I owe everything back to him. What does this do to us? Oh, like brings about incredible peace to actually rejoice whenever there's an inconvenience, quote unquote. The example given by Screwtape is listening to the conversation of a foolish woman that might seem like a total in, in, um, interruption of what I should be doing, could be doing, or what would be better to do. And yet just to accept it and to even rejoice. How different would our lives be if we lived from this perspective this is where trust is just so crucial to trust that I am right where I'm supposed to be. And it's in this moment where I encounter God and his grace and his mercy working. And so instead of thinking that I could be somewhere else or I could be doing something else or I wish this thing didn't happen or this person wasn't here talking to me or interrupting me, that I might accept it with full charity as an invitation to find and encounter the living God. Okay, this strategy is further elaborated in the fourth paragraph, where the idea is to emphasize a general sense of ownership. For example, owning their own bodies. This is a line that hopefully uh, is familiar to us. We know this, right? This it's my body. It's my life. Let me make, make my own choice. But as Screwtape says, these sound equally as funny in heaven as they do in hell. Okay, why, why do they sound equally as funny? Because in the body is found an energy that brings forth a pulsating, not only of that 
being, my being, but also of the being of the entire world, right? Do you get that? That it's the same energy, it's the same life force that I find within me, keeping me alive, that also keeps the entire world in existence. And at the same time, this energy will be removed at the end of my life without consultation. Notice, we're not in control over coming into this world, nor of leaving it. So why would we think that we should be in control throughout the course of it? That's a really good question. And that's why either from heaven or from hell, the truth is, it really is ridiculous to think that any of this is, is mine, is mine. No. So how do we live this then? Here, here's the ultimate, right? Okay, so that Jesus is Lord is the first response. But then the second response is, and in his lordship, I find my life as an incredible gift and an opportunity that I allow that love of Jesus Christ, the Lord, to come flowing into my own life, into my own heart, and I accept it as being all from him. And now because it's none, none of it is actually mine, I'm free to give it away because I didn't do anything to earn it or to merit it. I didn't say, hey, God, I'd really like to be alive and have this opportunity. No, he chose it for us. And so that now I'm free to share it and to spread it. And it's in that that I actually encounter him and find even more life. Okay, let's uh, keep moving on. The extension of this mentality of possession is explained in the next paragraph, paragraph five, where the sense of possessive pronouns, such as my boots, my dog, my wife, is extended all the way to things like my country and even my God. Don't let them notice the difference, says Screwtape. And this implies that there is that there is a difference. There's a real way in which we have responsibility over different material things and relationships. And then there are other things, when we extend it to God, for example, where to possess that is to go against the very fabric of reality. Finally, the letter concludes with a chilling consideration. Instead of looking at what we humans are in possession of, we should pay close attention to who has possession of us. At the end of time, either God or Satan will utter an ultimate mine over each and every one of us. The last line of this letter is most poignant. Quote, At present, the enemy says mine of everything on the pedantic legalistic ground that he made it. Our father hopes in the end to say mine of all things on the more realistic and dynamic ground of conquest. Wow. (laughs) So by creation and by divine right, we belong to God. Screwtape calls this pedantic, right? Getting into the nitty gritty details and it's, it's legalistic, right? Whatever. It's true. It's true. The nature of love is that God allows us to come into existence through him. But in love, he gives us the freedom to either accept that relationship, that belonging to him, as he says throughout the entire Old Testament, I will be your God and you will be my people. But there's also the freedom to reject it and to allow ourselves to be conquered 
and to belong to Satan. Yeah, I said concludes with chilling consideration. It's so true. And this is where C.S. Lewis is so good at ending each letter with something akin to um, a punch in the gut, (laughs) right? Uh, Let's end it with a word of encouragement. So there's this great letter in the New Testament called uh, the letter of St. James. And in chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, he talks about not being concerned or boasting about tomorrow, but living in the present. Listen to what he says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and get gain. Whereas you do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and we shall do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Whoever knows what is right to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Lord, may we find freedom in being missed, <laughs> that our time in, in this world is so short, but it is a free gift from you to come to experience it in relationship to you and that we might return it all to you and to every one that you give to us and every opportunity that you give us to give our lives away in love. So Lord, give us this freedom. Give us this joy of living each moment as a gift from you that we might then encounter you in that moment and truly live in the freedom of the sons of God. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this special podcast series, Reflections on the Screwtape Letters. If you'd like to support the work of Dry Bones Ministries, please visit drybonespgh.org. God bless you all. Please pray for me. I'm praying for you, and I look forward to being with you next time.